Hey, Redeemer. Welcome to our weekly uh, podcast for Lent, the second Sunday of Lent. We had some technical difficulties this past Sunday that prevented us from recording the sermon. And so I do want to walk through the notes from Sunday, and since some of you have asked about it, and that way we don't skip a week, but we have some continuity. This week's passage we read, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So God promises to make Abraham a blessing to the nations, and this starts with um, the promise of Isaac, the promise of his son. And it was in an impossible age, an age where it would not have normally been expected for him to have a son. And the promise to be a blessing to the nations, uh, to Abraham, is only carried out through this son. It's it's through Isaac, through the through his the generations of Abraham's lineage that this would be kept. But then God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son. So God, the text says, tests Abraham. This is important because um, Abraham is not perfect by any means. As a matter of fact, throughout the story, we see Abraham denying God uh, on various occasions. He he um, uh, he doubts that God will actually keep His promise, so he keeps he takes matters into his own hands. And so this is the test. So what is the test? The test is: Do you trust God? Uh, it sounds simple enough, but this is truly the test: Do you trust the character of God? And so this difficult story, a story that sometimes makes us cringe, the thought that God would um, ask Abraham to kill his son, to sacrifice him, sometimes it's difficult for us to understand or to receive, but the story is meant to do that. Like, it's meant to get our attention, meant to get us to stop, to listen, to ask questions of the text. And so it gets, but it gets right down to the root of what temptation is. If Abraham is only following God for the things that God gives him, in this case, the promise and the benefits of keeping the promise, then he would not sacrifice Isaac because it looks like the promise would be squashed. It could not be carried out if Isaac is gone. And so if he, if he doesn't believe that God will keep his promise regardless, then he would not sacrifice Isaac. And the blessing would go away, uh, apparently, if the promise goes away, uh, the promise would go away if Isaac dies not to mention the heartache and grief of not having kids. And now here, here you have a kid, and God asks you to give this child back. And so if, with that insight, if you doubt the character of God in this situation, you would think maybe, maybe he would be justified in disobeying. If, he re- if we really believe that God was cruel, if we denied, doubted the character of God and thought he was cruel, then maybe we'd say, oh, he's justified in disobeying. Or maybe we would think he was justified in disobeying if, if he um, believed that God was not a God that keeps his promises. But that's just it. I mean, here we see Abraham finally trusting God. He, he trusts in God's character so much so that he's willing to even um, sacrifice his own ideals— his own desires, the things very closest to him, including even his son, um, for God, because he believes that God's character is is trustworthy. And think about it. Abram believes God so much in the character of God that the, the church fathers would even say that, that he believes so much 
that he believed that even if Isaac were sacrificed, that God would raise him from the dead. The church fathers refer to this at times, that he's willing to, he believes that God will carry on the promise so much that even if he were to ask him to give his son, that, that God would even bring him back. Many even point to the fact that Abraham himself says that he and the boy would return when he when when the those who are walking with them and helping them um, get to the bottom of the mountain. Abraham descends the mountain with Isaac. He tells them that he and the boy will, will return. In Genesis eighteen twenty five, we see the character of God declared when it says, "Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteousness to put the righteous to dead to death with the wicked." so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? So Abraham had this confidence in God's way. He, he, had, his, he had this confidence in what God had already promised him that he was willing to give the one thing, the most important thing, back to God. This is, this is what it means to be a priest. A priest is, is one who receives... Um, earthly things as a gift, and we offer it back to God for his blessing. So we receive the gift from God, and, and then we trust uh, that it is a gift, so we, we offer it back to God as an offering of praise and thanksgiving, asking for his blessing. So Abraham received the gift of Isaac, which is a representation of this promise, the bearer of this promise. But he, he realizes that this is the gift, the very gift of God. And as a priest, he offers it back to God and asks for his blessing. The Greek fathers believed the ram in the story. So if you think about Abraham um, putting... Uh, Isaac on the on the altar to be sacrificed. He carries up his own wood. He, he's laying there on the altar. How difficult it would be to to see and to experience the eyes of his son looking up at him in this circumstance. But the Greek fathers believed that the ram is a type prefiguring Jesus, and so to a type is not just uh, the foreshadowing of Jesus. But because we believe that Jesus pre-existed all things, then we also believe that things are patterned after him, that you can find Jesus in the New Testament, I mean, in the Old Testament. And so the ram here, they believe, not Isaac, is a type for Christ. Now, uh, Thomas Aquinas even goes so far as to say the ram signifies Christ in his humanity, and he looks for more clues, and he says the thicket that the ram is caught in is representative of the crown of thorns of Jesus. And a lot of times we say, oh, the, the fathers, the early fathers, even the mid- medievals, like Aquinas, were, were so fantastical in their um, interpretation of the Bible. It feels a little out there. It feels like a little far-fetched in some ways that they were looking for Christ everywhere in the Old Testament. And, the, and this is true. They were. They were looking for Jesus everywhere in the Old Testament because they believed that he was already present at that time. And so the, they would look and they would say, the ram is Jesus. Like, there he is. And these are the these are the reasons why we believe that to be Christ. But if the ram was Christ, then who is Isaac? 
who is the one who is sentenced to death in this case? It, who is the one who is saved by the ram, This uh, the gift that's found in the thicket? Who then is preserved to carry on the blessing to the nations? The way that our ancestors read this, it, it's us. We are, we are the ones who are deserving of death, yet are, are saved by the one who bears the thorns. In this case, the ram is, 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 takes the place and ultimately is the one who spares the life of Isaac. And Isaac is, is set free to live. So you see God's love, his character in this towards us, that even when the wages of sin are death, that we are set free by the blood of the Lamb. We see God's love in this, that we were saved, that we were set free. We see his character. And now we can we can do the same thing. Like we can actually take the things of this world that we've been given, we receive them as a gift, and as the priesthood, we offer them back to God as a sacrifice, just as Abraham did, that God gave him this promise, that God gave him the gift, even of his son, and he offers it back as an expression of his love. I think that we can do this. We can offer these things back to God. Um, even the simplest things, if you think about this Lent, the simple temptations that you feel, um, whether it be to compromise on your fast or to simply give in in ways that we normally do, but we're especially attuned to in this season. Things like how you spend your time, the things you distract yourself with, um, the way you spend your, your energy, the things you give your time to, but even... Um, even giving in to those little fasts, the things that you do, we can we can offer our deepest longings and we can offer the most simple temptations back to God because we have been given them, giving these things to us as a gift and we offer them back to God because we recognize his character and we respond in love back because of the things that he's given us. But it's also the big temptations of life when you think about um, holding holding on to your plan, your the plan that you have for your life, the deepest desires and longings in your heart, the, the things that have a grip on you, that we can offer them back. Think about everything that Abraham was potentially giving up by in this act of love, by offering these things back to God, and then ultimately for God to bless. So you, we do the same thing with God. We cannot endure the temptation, however, because uh, here what we see is we cannot endure temptation simply by willing to do it. It has to be more than an obligation. It has to it has to be rooted in love, responding to the love of God with love for Him. In Deuteronomy thirteen three, we read, "For the love for the Lord your God is testing you," but then it, what He does is kind of turns it on his head saying, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Augustine would interpret this to say, to make you know the love of God. He says, because in temptation, God uses us to make us know the love of God rather than to know whether you love the Lord your God. He says, 
the tempt God is testing us to make you know the power of love. He says that is often hidden from man. We that we would never know it. We might not ever understand the love of God if God does not make it known through such a test of His, such a test that we even see in the case of Abraham and Isaac. We are tempted so that we might know the power of God's love that is often hidden. When we offer our deepest longings, our deep, our our our, um, our plans for our own life, our simple and the big temptations of life, the whole span of these things, we offer them back to God, and He reveals to us His trustworthiness. He reveals to us His mercy, His grace, in ways that we wouldn't have known if we weren't willing to offer them back to God, trusting Him for His blessing on these things. We are not um, just meant to prove that we are worthy through these tests so that God might then love us. Instead, we are given the opportunity to know the power of divine love, even in the face of temptation. In plain language, Augustine says, what seems hard, love makes easy. Love is the difference here. Love is the difference between um, giving our lives to God as a mere sacrificial obligation and a self-offering, a sacrificial offering to God, trusting Him for His blessing. Augustine describes the difference of uh, either being carried and dragged along by our cross or you carrying it. When, when it is simply an obligation, the some, a temptation is something, simply something that we fight against, then it is something that drags, <laughs> drags us along. But, but when we delight in God's ways and we offer our lives, our decisions, our plans, our desires, our appetites back to God, um, then he considers this as what it means to be carrying our cross rather than dragging it along. Now, Jesus asks us, I think what Christ is asking us today is like Isaac, to carry the wood of our own sacrifice. In the same way that he carried the wood that he was to be sacrificed on up the mountain, that we carry the wood of our own sacrifice, trusting, because we trust, that life is actually found through this sort of death, we experienced the love of God in a way that we never would have experienced when we gave our life for God, it, th- knowing that we would get what we deserved, yet he, he gave us his own life instead in place of that. We experienced the blessing of God in ways that we would have never experienced had we not been willing to approach God and release our lives back into his hand as an offering of delight trusting that God actually gives us life through this sort of death. So as the priesthood church, we can offer our lives back to God. We can offer our plans, our longings, even our cravings, offer them back to God, and in doing so, we are given the opportunity to see the hidden love of God. Amen. Have a good week, everybody.